Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of Killer Hangover. I'm Beth. And I'm Bettina. And this is episode 116. I just, I still can't wrap my mind around that we've been doing this for over two years. <laughs> and this is, we've and been closing doing this in on 120. Uh, oh, yeah. 116 episodes. Wow. <laughs> and people actually, I think, kind of like us. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you just said that. Hey, good news. We are actually recording together this time. Yep. Which we love to do a lot better than otherwise. And I got to make a drink that we both can drink together. <laughs> together. And the drink is super pretty. <laughs> and she garnished it. I did. Oh my gosh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's how excited I am about recording together. You want me to go ahead? Because I'm dying to drink this. I'm dying this. to drink this. <laughs> it so. looks very like almost refreshing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, you said that your true crime had something to do with a cruise ship. So I said, okay, well, I am going to wander into the Caribbean. So I looked and Forbes.com has 10 Caribbean cocktails to make it home. Is that how you say it? Caribbean or Caribbean? Is it tomato, tomato? tomato. tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was very no. rude of me, but I'm just curious. It was totally rude of you. I know. Anyway. What? <laughs> I, the, the name of this throws me every time. Caribbean? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is called the Curacao Blue Lagoon. Oh my gosh. And it, this does kind of relate to my paranormal. Um, and my story, which is really weird. Curacao? Curacao. And like I wrote it in my notes, like spelt it C-A-R-I-S-O-W so that I know when I'm reading it to pronounce it Carousel <laughs> because it has a weird spelling. What it's, is it like? It, I think it's Curacao. Actually, yeah. Curacao. Curacao. That's the way I wrote it. Yeah. And that's how I wrote it. Sorry. Yeah. That's how I wrote it in my notes. But how like how is it spelt? It's spelt like C-U-R-A-C-A-O. Yeah. It's weird. So I wrote it out the way it sounds too. Just so I but I talk about that island too. That's weird. There we go again. Well, I, I've i always wanted to try this blue carousel liqueur or whatever it is. It's supposed to be a floral thing. And Ooh. I've seen drinks like the blue Hawaiian and stuff that call for it too. Uh-huh. And I've, I finally just said, it's time. It's <laughs> It's time. It is time. I am I'm getting the Caribbean call and it's time. So I'm making the Curacao Blue Lagoon and it is rather pretty. It's not as pretty as the picture, but it's... Oh, no, I think it's really pretty. I'm, I'm posting this to our Instagram right now. It is really pretty. Well, like I said, it's not as pretty as the picture that they show, but 
I did garnish it, so woohoo me. And it's in a cute little killer hangover glass. I mean, yeah. and I made enough for three of us because Alex wanted some one too. So, but what it calls for for one drink is one ounce vodka, one ounce blue carousel, four ounces lemonade, an orange wheel, that which you we did. have, <laughs> a lemon wheel optional, which we did not do, and maraschino cherry, which I, I have d- those upstairs. <gasps> They're in my refrigerator upstairs. Should I run and get one? No, I think this is fine. Okay. All right. You put the vodka, the blue carousel, the lemonade, pour that in a shaker over ice, shake it real good, and then put it, uh, pour it through the strainer. Strainer. Thank you. <laughs> pour, strain it into glasses um, with ice in them, and then add the little orange wheel. Lemon wheel, if you wish, and the maraschino cherry. And if you don't forget about them. You have got this beautiful drink. So. I'm dying to taste this. Alex tasted it and said it was good, so. We get to cheers. 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 My orange wedge hit me in the face. It has a, it does have a floral taste to it. Is there any alcohol in there? The carousel is is alcohol. It's like a oh, liqueur. I know, but it just tastes like lemonade, but like with a florally taste to it. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's good because it kind of tastes like lemonade, but like a flavored lemonade. I think I'd add more vodka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't really taste. I mean, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> I think I would add more vodka next time we make this. More vodka. Unless you want me to go get vodka. I can put go some get in. the vodka, Mom. <laughs> okay. That's what we needed. A little more vodka. Just a little more vodka. <laughs> All right. New cocktail. Yay. That was really good. Okay. So, Mom and I make our list of cases that we're going to cover. Like, we always schedule ahead what states. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a Kansas crime. So then she knows to start researching because we research on kind of different schedules sporadically. And then we like to record ahead and yada, yada, yada. So I knew I was going to be covering this case. Okay. It was on our list. We had it scheduled, right? Mm-hmm. So Alex and I were planning our 10-year anniversary, which is coming up in November. And now I promise this all ties together. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so we've been looking at a trip to New York. We want to see uh, Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. Mm-hmm. I would love to mm-hmm. see that. We also want to do something tropical. We both love the beach. So we've been going back and forth to resorts. And then I got the brilliant idea of an adults-only cruise. Whoa. So we're looking and really considering a cruise. We took a cruise a long time ago before kids. So we thought this would be really fun to do again without kids again (laughs) man maybe we shouldn't have added that extra vodka so anyway we're chatting and we're looking at booking this cruise and then i start researching this case at the exact same time oh (laughs) and the case is about a damn cruise so it's just like gosh darn should we uh book this or not i know i love cruising i love cruising i mean i think we'll still do it but i just thought that that was Interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Was it though? Was it interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Just backing you up. Just backing you up. <sighs> okay. So when things intertwine like that, it just kind of usually freaks me out. I will be covering the disappearance of Amy Lynn Bradley. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Amy Lynn goes on a cruise with her family, a beautiful seven-day Royal Caribbean cruise. One minute she's seen by her father resting on the balcony of their cruise cabin, and the next minute Amy Bradley would never be seen again. What? Amy went aboard the Rhapsody of the Seas on Saturday, March 21st, 1998. Is that a carnival? It's a Royal Caribbean. She went on the cruise with her mother, Ivy, her father, Ron, and her brother, Brad. And yes, his name was Brad Bradley. (laughs) I just put that together. And that reminds me so much of my school crush growing up, Spence. Spencer. Spence, I'm sorry if you're listening, but when I was five, I was in love with you and your ears. Oh boy, For do I remember this. For some reason, I just thought his big ears were like the cutest things ever. And well, honestly, I'm going to marry Spence Spencer. Honestly, a lot of my boyfriends growing up had big ears. I married a man with normal sized ears. But... I just which really is surprising because I think they all had big ears. They did. <laughs> oh, thank you, Alex. Spence Spencer. Anyway, I digress. Ivy, Ron, Brad, and Amy went on the cruise together. And actually, Amy did not want to go on the cruise. She was actually really afraid to go on the cruise. I don't think there was a particular reason. I didn't find a particular reason. She was just scared. Maybe it was a gut feeling or an intuition. A little about Amy. She and her family lived in Chesterfield, Virginia. She had attended Longwood University in Farmville, Virginia with a full ride playing basketball. Wow. She was a great athlete and she even swam. She was a very strong swimmer. She had multiple scholarships in school and she worked as a lifeguard. And she got a degree in physical education. She was planning on working towards her master's in sports psychology. In the time just before the trip, Amy was just about to start a new job at a computer company. She had just moved into a new apartment and she was actually planning on getting a puppy. She was planning on taking this new puppy home when she 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 got got back from the cruise. Um, A little English bulldog named Daisy. (laughs) Now, some resources said that her father, Ron, had won the cruise from work. Okay. And others said that it was just a trip that he planned with his kids since Amy, she was 23, she had just graduated, she's about to start her first real big girl job, you know, just kind of like the last family. Right. Exactly. That's actually exactly what I have in my notes. The last family. (laughs) Hurrah. Thank you, mom. (laughs) The cruise started or to use cruise lingo, departed from San Juan on March 21st. Puerto Rico. It was a seven-day cruise that would go from San Juan to a port in Aruba, where passengers could disembark and explore. Then they would go to Curacao. Okay. Is that how you pronounce it? Curacao. Curacao. Or they could also disembark and enjoy the island and come Uh back on. Then they go to St. Martin's, and then they go to St. Thomas. I think after being on the cruise ship for like a day, Amy starts having a great time. Oh, she was smiling, a big, beautiful smile on that. What's it called? The gangplank? The gangway? Uh, Fuck the plank. I don't know. The gangplank. (laughs) Hey, gang. Let's step on the 
Hey, gang, let's jump the plank. Um, I don't know. That thing that you get off the ship on. <laughs> get off the ship on. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if you've been on cruises, but like they have all these places set up where you can get your picture taken. Oh, gosh. It's obnoxious. Yes. And so when you disembark at a port, at you can take a picture. At oh, their yeah. Fancy dinners, you can take a picture. At their themed parties, you can take, take a, picture. a picture. Like there's always Everything. places to take a picture. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a designated place on the ship where you can go and they print all the pictures out and then you can go and walk down that wall of pictures and find yours and you can buy it. Yes, you can. And have you ever had success with these pictures? I mean, we've been on one cruise before. We've been on several. But um, actually, my favorite picture of Tom and I, that black and white one. Yeah. That was taken on the cruise. No way. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. But this wasn't stand there in your evening gown no, it type looks thing. Like a- this was just uh, spur of the moment. Hey, let's take these pictures and have fun. And the photographer was just having fun. I mean, in oh, that's just like different. a really good picture. And we both are smiling, really good smiles. It's black and white. And I love that picture. It's my favorite picture of us. Yeah. I never knew that was from a cruise ship. Yep. Um, Alex is in my pictures <laughs> on the cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> We're both pretty photogenic. We usually take really nice pictures together. But I mean, one of us either had their eyes closed or my, I was always like, my chin was like down. <laughs> angle was horrible we just got to the point where we're we're done like do you want a picture no (laughs) so amy and her family take a picture on whatever it's called when they were disembarking in aruba Uh her family and her take a take a picture and she is just smiling i mean just this huge smile she and her family are having a great time after a few hours in aruba they decided to head back to the ship Now, I should mention here that at some point, Amy had actually been asked by some of the ship's crew members if she wanted to join them at a bar that was right there off the docks that they all like to go and hang out at Uh whenever they were in Aruba. She told her family that she got the creeps from them and declined their invitation. Now, what's interesting about this is that they had asked her to go to the bar named Carlos and Charlie's. This is a Mexican restaurant. It's a chain kind of all over. I think there's even one in Vegas. But most of them, a few of them are in the Caribbean. But this particular Carlos and Charlie's in Aruba is the one where Natalie Holloway was last seen at in 2005. Oh, is that the one? So like I mentioned, cruise ships have a formal night. Their prom night, essentially. And March 23rd was their ship's formal night. Amy, Brad, Ivy, and Ron got all dressed up in their tuxedos and long formal dresses. Oh, nice. Amy took a photo with her brother. Again, big smiles. She looked so pretty in her black gown, and he's in a nice tux with a bow tie. The family went to a nice dinner and then went to the cruise's party. They were hosting up on the upper deck. I believe it was a Mardi Gras nightclub theme party. Mm -hmm. Now, during this party... Ivy and Amy ditched the party for a bit to go to that photo area I had mentioned Mm -hmm. to go check out all the photos on the wall. Okay. And they go and they see their photos and Ivy notices that all the photos that had Amy in them were not there. What? She asked the crew worker, like, where are the photos? And they're like, 
Oh, I remember printing those. I remember hanging them up. But where are they? But where, they weren't there. Did they get mixed up? Or? They had no idea what, you know, probably just a mistake. They reprinted them. It was no big deal. And then Amy and Ivy went back to the party. The party was another good time for the family. There were drinks and dancing. Amy was seen dancing and having a really good time. She even befriended the bass player for the onboard band, the Blue Orchid. His name was Alistair Douglas. He went by Yellow. The two were seen dancing and enjoying themselves at the upper deck party. At some point around midnight, the cruise party comes to an end, and Ivy and Ron decide they're done with the fun and return to their cabin. Mm-hmm. Brad and Amy aren't done partying, and they head to the 24-hour disco club on the ship. More dancing, more fun was had. And around 3.30 a.m., Brad heads back to their cabin. His card is read in the cabin door scanner at 3.35 a.m. Brad gets comfortable and heads out to their cabin's balcony to relax. Shortly after doing so, he hears Amy coming into their cabin. She comes out and sits with him on the balcony. She's not feeling so hot. Not too much. She's feeling kind of nauseous. <laughs> maybe the ship, maybe the booze, heck, maybe both. But she isn't feeling well. So when Brad heads in to go to bed, she actually remains out on the balcony, props her feet up and just tries to snooze out there. Right. Around 5.15, Amy's dad, Ron, wakes up. The door to the balcony is closed and he's adamant that it was closed. And he can see Amy's legs dangling off a lounge chair on the balcony. And why I say he's adamant it was closed is because he states like, if it were open, I would have gotten up to close it. But he's like, I woke up, I saw it was closed, and I saw Amy out on the balcony. It looks like she was sleeping. He fades back to sleep. He's kind of in and out of sleep. He wakes up again around 6, and looking out to the balcony again, he notices that the cabin door leading to the balcony now is open. It's open, okay. And Amy is no longer out there. So that means she came into the cabin. He slowly gets up, closes the balcony door, and he goes to check on his kids. Brad is sleeping and Amy's not there. He sees, I mean, it looks like she had changed her clothes. They were on the floor. Her cigarettes were gone, but her shoes were all still there. Maybe she went out somewhere for a quick smoke. Mm -hmm. The ship is now approaching the port of Curacao. 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 Sorry. And after a while of Amy not coming back to the room, Ron decides to go and look for her on the ship. Now, I just have to mention here, in a lot of my research, a lot of people kind of poked at this idea of Ron out looking for Amy on this huge cruise ship. I mean, it's a thousand foot long cruise ship. And yes, cruise ships are huge. And the Rhapsody of the Seas is a very large ship. It's big. Lots of nook and crannies. There's lots of places to go, right? Mm -hmm. And people were like, you know, he's looking for a needle in the haystack. I just wanted to point out, though, that this is like 630 in the morning. Not very many so people not very are, many up people are going to be out there. And people are creatures of habit. When you go to a certain, you know what I mean? Like if you found a ledge, you're going to go sit on that ledge a lot to smoke. You're going to mm-hmm. go to that same place to smoke. Mm-hmm. Or when you go to a restaurant, you're going to probably sit around the same area. When you go to church, you try to sit around the same pew. Like it's people are creatures of habit. So right. even if this is big space, he knows the places that they've all been and where she usually goes to smoke or where she usually goes to get her coffee. Mm-hmm. So okay. I don't think it's such a big deal. Especially at 630 in the morning. Right. So Ron goes out. He looks for Amy with no luck. He heads back to their cabin and wakes his wife. As soon as Ivy woke up and as soon as she saw her husband's face, 
She knew something was wrong. The couple wake Brad up, try to get a timeline of events from him, and the three of them go and search the ship for Amy. Without having any luck, the family goes to the crew and asks if they would make an announcement out to the passengers, like a page. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And will Amy Bradley please come here? The crews declines the request. It's too early in the morning, and they don't want to scare the other passengers. A boat-wide page is not issued until 10 to 8. Okay. And unfortunately, this is after the boat had reached its port in Curacao. And after the 2,000-person ship had opened its doors with hundreds of people already exiting the ship onto the island. Mm -hmm. So at 7.50, the page is made. Will Amy Bradley please come to the purser's desk? No, Amy. A little after noon, the crew's staff tells the family that they had made their search of the ship. The 999 rooms and more were searched. The rooms were searched? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. No, Amy. By five, there's utterly no sign of Amy. Literally, the captain suggested to the family that she fell overboard. Her family is adamant that that could not have happened. She was afraid of the cruise to begin with, and let alone the railing. She always stayed away from the railing. Another crew member suggested suicide. And yet another crew member mentioned that maybe she already disembarked the ship and went out to Curacao. Okay. And so she missed the page. But she doesn't have shoes. Yeah. Now, the captain warned the family. They had four hours until the ship was set to leave. And those cruise ships, they stick to their schedules. Oh, yes. So the family can get off and search, but they have to get back before the ship leaves because they're not going to stick around for the family. They have to search the island? And if they get off and search and miss boarding, they cannot catch the ship out at another port. Oh, they can't? They wouldn't let them back on. Oh. So it was just, if you get off and you miss us, you can't get back on. So the family makes the decision, and the three of them get off the boat at Curacao, heading straight to the American embassy on the island. Okay, smart move. Now, I googled this, and I really couldn't find a precise answer, but I just want you to think about this. They're on a cruise ship that departed from San Juan, and then it hit Aruba, Curacao, St. Martin, St. Thomas, all these places with all different governments. Mm -hmm. What is the law out on the sea? Like, who do you contact? And then say you catch the bad guy. How do you charge them? If they're from a different country and you're from a different country and you're out at sea at a different country, like who has jurisdiction over a crime out at sea? Right. So I read that each country obviously has their own laws in their country and then their laws go 12 miles out to sea. Okay. From there. Okay. So there's 12 miles, but then what happens out at 13 and beyond? Exactly. I really couldn't get a clear jurisdiction or like a a clear answer. Yeah. Um, From what I saw that like that at that point, like if you're say on a cruise ship, the law would depend on where the cruise departed from. Oh, so okay. Originally, so that would be it was Puerto licensed Rico. or came out of San Juan, right? So I guess then after those twelve miles, that's where the law would be. I don't know. Weird. And who? But then on a cruise ship, if it's not witnessed, right? Yep. Who's to say when and where? Yeah. How do you question anybody though? Too because every country has a different law of how to question. Like in America, you're like, I'm gonna get my lawyer. Not all countries have that. 
you know. But then, but you don't even know whether it was twelve miles out or not. I mean, because nobody witnessed it, and they so don't know you, exactly what time or where they were. You have were no idea. So it's it's interesting. Oh, really weird. Geez. I never thought about that. I mean, oh. most countries have very similar laws, like you know, don't kill, don't do this, don't attack, like you know. But but out at sea, I don't know. I don't know either. I wow, that was weird. And you couldn't really find it. No, like I said, the only thing I really found was the 12 miles outside mm-hmm. of their country. Those waters are theirs. But, as far as criminal. But as far as criminal, I, I could not get a clear answer. That's crazy. But they go to the American embassy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand that. They're totally. Americans. I mean. And the FBI gets involved. And the FBI and the family catch up to the Rhapsody of the Seas and actually... The FBI gets them. They all get back on. Yeah. yeah. And the FBI discovers that the search, quote unquote, yes, search of all the rooms, the captain said he did uh-huh. was not as in depth as he made it seem. They did not check the private rooms. They did not check the storage areas. They did not check all the nook and crannies. So it wasn't as in depth. They just searched preliminary the search. Mm hmm. The Royal Dutch Marines conducted a search on the ship as well as the surrounding waters of Curacao if she did in fact fall overboard. So where the ship was, now think about it. Her dad saw her between five and then she was missing at six. six. Mm -hmm. So there's an hour. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, they're essentially at Curacao. So they're not far from the coast. Okay. So say she did fall overboard. She's not lost at sea. I see. And okay. another thing is if she were dead, a body would have been seen okay. at this point in time. Because they're so exact, aren't they, on locations that they yes. can tell you I mean, exactly where they are at 515. They can and tell even you if exactly his times where they are. Off, maybe he woke up at 430 and then he looked out there at six and she wasn't there. They can still track and search and okay. they know tides, but they're also not like way out at sea. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, they're, they can see coast. Mm-hmm. But in all their searches, Amy was not found. The FBI also interviewed crew members as well as passengers of the cruise ship. Not only that, but they also gave lie detector tests. And again, what are the laws with different? I mean, this took off from San Juan, so it's not all Americans on this ship. No, of course not. And lie detectors and questioning them, like everybody has their own rights in their own countries. So it's so they're just questioning the crew, those who had been with Amy around Amy, were seen with Amy. They were all questioned. Okay, because I would think that the crew could be questioned because. They're employees of an American company. Right. I'm assuming they can be questioned right. without a problem. But the passengers, I guess, have to be willing. Yeah. Not forced, I'm assuming. I don't I don't know because is it American then property that they're on? If they're or on the ship. Or because it originally departed from San Juan though, was it a is it a San Juan ship? Mm. Royal Caribbean, I think it's whoever. I mean, Royal Caribbean, isn't it owned by an American? Did a quick Google and it says that Royal Caribbean is a global cruise holding company incorporated in Liberia and based in Miami, Florida. So that didn't even answer. That didn't answer anything. Okay. So if you remember, Amy had danced and had spent that evening at the party with Yellow. 
Yeah. Alistair yes. Douglas. And many passengers as well as crew members reported as such. He went down with her to the 24-hour club. They were seen partying and dancing there as well. Mm-hmm. So they had spent a lot of that evening together. Some passengers reported that they saw Amy and Alistair going into the disco club in the early, early hours of the morning, and they witnessed him giving her a dark colored drink. Now, this could be coffee. It could be Coca-Cola. Sure, like, sure could be. Yeah. yeah, anything. And then Brad remembered something odd as well. In the morning, when the family had conducted their own search, Alistair had come up to Brad, who was sitting at a table on the deck. He confronted Brad and said, Hey, man, sorry to hear about your sister. Now, at this time, nobody knew, right? He didn't really put much thought into it until later. He realized that the time was off and the page hadn't been set. So the only people that knew at this time were he and his family. Right. That is weird. Hmm. So, of course, Alistair was questioned. He was also issued a lie detector test. As he came out of the interrogation room, Amy's dad, Ron, saw him step out, cocky, and gave his buddies a thumbs up. It took everything for Ron not to tackle him to the ground. Alistair had passed the lie detector test. No answers came from those interviews and lie detector tests, and over time, there are still no answers. Something interesting that did come from the interviews came from a Hispanic bartender from the ship. There were two girls, the two girls that reported seeing Alistair and Amy with the dark drink. Okay. Those two girls went back to the bartender that had been serving this Hispanic bartender. And they were like, do you remember seeing them? These two girls were asking this bartender. And she said that senorita was kidnapped. What? This is the theory that over the years, many have come to the conclusion of. Many believe that Amy Bradley had been a victim of human trafficking. Brad and Ron returned to Curacao Island. They posted flyers, chatted with anybody they could, and then they met a taxi driver. He said that he saw Amy the morning that she had gone missing. He said that after the cruise ship had docked, she had come running up to him. She asked him if she could use his phone. Ron and Brad question the taxi driver over this, and he tells them, I know it was her. Quote, I wouldn't forget those green eyes, unquote. She did have green eyes, and potentially this was a sighting. Ron and Brad spend a week in Curacao. Back home in the States, the Bradleys are very vocal about missing Amy. They post a reward. They get on their local news. They do interviews. But they also release her story on Unsolved Mysteries and America's Most Wanted. A year passes and all the family has to go on are random tips and theories. In May of 1999, after seeing the story on TV, David Carmichael calls in a tip. In August of 1998, in Curacao, he was there on a scuba diving trip. When he was out on the beach, he saw a woman walking down the beach with two men. They took her into a cafe. And he felt the woman was trying to come and talk to him. She was quickly ushered into the cafe. And it is believed that this is Amy because he accurately described her tattoos. Oh my gosh. He was that close to her. And the watch she was wearing. Holy smokes. And at the time that he called in this tip, none of those details had been released to the public. Wow. So it's believed that he was a very credible witness. And something to note, this witness, as well as that bartender that said the senorita was kidnapped, yeah, 
and those two young girls that saw Alistair and her out the dark drink, they shared their story in the same way to the FBI, as well as in court with the grand jury. Didn't change anything. Never changed anything. And that man, David Carmichael, he refused to take any of the reward money. He honestly was genuinely just wanting to help. The family was so desperate to find their daughter. The FBI said that they were still looking, but, I mean, can you only imagine? This is a vast area they're searching. They're searching out in multiple different islands and out at sea. I mean, yes, they were around Curacao, but just the vastness of this. Yeah. So they hire a P.I., His name was Frank Jones, and he was some big shot. He was a former U.S. Special Forces officer, and he had a team of Army Rangers and Navy SEALs that worked in rescue missions around the world. Wow. And because of the high stakes in the case and finding Amy, the cost was not cheap. And at this point, the family sold what they could, raised the funds that they could. I mean, they were willing to, I mean, live in a box at this point. Like, they were willing to pay anything. I mean, I can probably say I would, too. Of course. Frank Jones worked the case for two years, and then he found her. No. She was being held captive, and there was some big gunfight. Like, it was just, it was bad, and her captors were very dangerous. He needed more money. At this point, they had already paid Frank Jones $200,000. Holy smokes. And like I said... They were always willing to pay what they needed if it meant Amy would be home with them. But now he's asking for another $100,000. And that's a lot of money. Is this legit? They wanted proof that this was in fact Amy. Frank Jones sends a photo. It shows a blonde man, his back to the camera, walking on a beach. He was alongside a woman. Her back is also to the camera, but she looks like Amy. The detail of her tattoo on her back gave her family hope. Now the family had basically tapped out on all their funds. And Ron's employer stepped up and was offering to help pay the payment for her rescue. But before he did that, he wanted another set of eyes on the situation. So he hired his own PI. And this PI, as you guessed it, found Mr. Frank Jones living the good life out on the island. He wasn't trying to find Amy. He never even tried to find her. No. Frank Jones was arrested and was charged with five years in prison for the fraud. But, and I think he was ordered to pay the family all the money back. But I don't know if they'll ever see that money. Holy smokes. It's disgusting. And this guy's a big deal? And he did that? Well, he claimed he was a big deal. Oh, And it's not only the money that was wasted, but the big thing wasted was the time. They spent two years working with Frank Jones. Two years wasted. So much could have happened in two years. Oh, Oh, that guy needs to rot in jail. I'm sorry. Now, there were some other reliable leads. In 2001, U.S. Navy Chief Petty Officer came forward with a sighting of Amy. He had been stationed in Curacao. And in 1999, he was out for the night at a bar. Well, actually, it was a brothel. (laughs) While there, a woman confronted him and seemed anxious because he spoke English. She tells him, I'm Amy Bradley. I need your help. Now, he has no idea who this is. He doesn't recognize the name. And he's like, "Uh, I don't know what I can do for you, lady. Like, 
she's like, no, I'm Amy Bradley. I need help. And he's like, okay. You walk out that door. You take a left. You take a right. There's a police station. Right. Like, go get help. Eventually, two men take her out of the room. And then the petty officer leaves as well and goes on with his life. Now, he reports this two years after. <sighs> but again, he saw her photo on TV, okay. remembered the name, and was like, I need to come forward. And he stated he originally didn't help her and he didn't report it because at that time he was in the Navy. He was stationed there and being in a brothel, brothel. is, you know, kind of restricted. Officer and a gentleman type thing. No. <laughs> so he didn't want to get in trouble. Didn't want to lose his job. And again, this man testified his story to the grand jury and he passed a polygraph test. He was probably telling the truth. Yeah. But that means that she was alive and the brothel was looked into, but when investigators go, this is two years, two years later, later, the brothel had already been burned to the ground. Another dead end. But the hearts of the family are crushed because of this story. If this is true, then that means that she's alive and out there. And what kind of lifestyle is she being forced into? I mean, that pain to me would be worse than finding out that she was dead. Yeah. Four years go by. And then Ivy receives a letter with a photo of a woman being advertised as an escort. There was a website connected to the photo. <sighs> and there's snippets of this website online. I looked at this stuff for research and it's it's disgusting. It's gross. So this company um, was called Affordable Adult Vacations. It has rentals. Um, it was called Tropical Adult Vacations is what the rentals were called. There are several resorts located mostly in the Caribbean. And you could go to these resorts or these rentals. But while you were there, you could rent women for your stay. Oh, so for a night, for an hour, for the week you're there. I mean, whatever. But they had locations in the Caribbean. And this photo was posted on their website. So I'm going to show you a photo of Amy. Mm -hmm. That beautiful smile on the way into Aruba with her family. Right, right. And I want to show you a picture of this woman. Okay. Oh, I don't know. In this picture, I don't know. I really don't. It's it's now the woman is laying on a bed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it looks like I think it looks like Amy. Her jawline, her forehead, her eyes, I mean her cheekbones, her hair's been grown out and it's frizzy almost like an eighties do. And the woman's makeup is very eighties like. And because of the way she's laying on the bed, you aren't able to see any of her identifying features. Mm -mm. So you wouldn't be able to see where Amy's tattoos were. You wouldn't be able to see them. They're, they're literally hidden on purpose in this photo, the way she's angling. It sure is close. Some say that the woman in the adult resort photo looks too old to have been Amy. So Amy was 23 when she went missing. And this photo was taken in 2001 or 2002. So she would have been maybe... 27 and this woman looks to be in her 30s yeah but the life yes that lifestyle it hardens you it ages you it's a hard life i can imagine it it, it ages your image well yeah plus she's got all that makeup on and everything else and she probably isn't eating very healthy and that all adds to it the websites have been shut down or well at least from what i can tell I mean, they might still be open on the dark web. I don't know. I didn't dig that far. The photos of the woman for rent were up on the site until 2008. Wow. And the owner of the resorts 
still owns resorts to this day. I'm not saying that those resorts he owns are the adult-only rent-a-woman resorts. Yeah. But he's still a resort owner today. Ugh. The FBI traced the sites. They arrested people. But again, there's just no luck in finding Amy. There were other sightings of Amy, though, apparently. There was a sighting of Amy at a club in Curacao. And the club at the time was owned by this really gross hotel owner who's information was on one of those horrible sites it's like you could rent his properties from those sites Mm -hmm. and this club was owned by that same guy Mm -hmm. and this is the club where she was seen at a few times i guess so there is a connection okay between all of that is this where the say the navy guy saw her it's a different no but it is in curacao okay now the fbi did conduct two sketches of two males that had been seen with amy my guess when she was seen, she was seen with these two guys. And so the FBI have released this sketch. And I'm going to read to you what's on their site. It says, the FBI is seeking information regarding the identity of these two individuals. They may have information about the disappearance of Amy Bradley. The first unknown male has been described as being white in his late 30s or early 40s, between 5'11 and 6'1, balding with red hair and a red beard. The second unknown male has been described as being in his early 30s, approximately 5'11", with dark, wavy shoulder-length hair. Now, it's believed that the bald man in the sketch is a man named Alfred Cotton. Oh, they even have a name. Okay. The FBI never released that name, but it's really believed that that's him in the photo. He was apparently a yacht captain for that adult vacation company. Mm. He was indicted in New York City for a promotion of prostitution. Ugh, follows. But he never admitted or never, they never found a connection with him and Amy. Or if they did, they never released it to the public. There were other sightings. One I thought was odd was at Fisherman's Wharf in California. Oh. She was seen with these two men that the sketch is done. Yeah. They looked exactly like the sketch is portrayed. Oh my gosh. The sketches were already made and this and she's seen in Fisherman's Wharf with two men that look like the sketches. Here is what the eyewitness reported. And this is according to Amy Bradley is missing dot com. On April 8th, 2003, Amy was seen at Pier 33 with Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. Two of the artist's sketches were completed from the sighting by the FBI artist from Quantico, Virginia. The witnesses were able to provide considerable information about Amy's handlers. Amy was with two handlers as they were watching a musician on the pier near the ticket area for Alcatraz. Amy and her two handlers were listening to the street musician. At one point, one of her handlers gave her foreign coins to drop into the musician's case. The witnesses eventually identified the woman with these two men as Amy Bradley. When Amy's handlers realized Amy had been recognized, they grabbed her and ran. As the handlers dragged her away, Amy started pleading over her shoulder at the people who had identified her. At one point, she stumbled and fell to the ground. There were no cruise ships in the port that day. Amy was described as wearing a nautical-trimmed jacket. The handlers were described in detail by the witnesses. They were wearing matching Hawaiian shirts and cheap sunglasses. Mm. Nobody did anything? They're dragging this woman away. She's probably... But, But my question is, why bring her to the States? Yeah, I don't know. She's a wanted. She's a, a wanted American. She speaks American. So that she can, story it, it, was so weird to me, and I, I almost didn't share it. But I, I want. I just don't know. Like, 
Like, they why knew it was they Amy. They her- identified her as Amy. And then these two men were like, we got to go. So, and they matched the sketches. So it's just, it's just so bizarre to me. But why bring her to the States? Right. Here, here's another crazy story. There is a videographer on the cruise ship. Most all cruise ships have a videographer, you know, a photographer, and they take videos, they record like the formal dinners and all the events that they have, and then they'll release the video to the passengers so they can Mm -hmm. watch the videos back and, you know, relive their fun. Well, this guy recorded everything, and the cruise people came to him and they're like, we don't want the edited one, we want the original. We want all of your recordings. And he's like, no, I never give that out. I never let people see my originals. And they're like, well, the FBI is going to want them. And he's like, okay, well, then let the FBI come and ask me for them. Well, a year later, he's watching the news and he realizes, wow, they never asked me for those tapes. What? No surveillance from the ship has ever been released. So I don't know if there was ever surveillance. I mean, it was 1998. I don't know if there was surveillance. If there was, they're not releasing it all. I, I don't know. Or they never said there was surveillance on the ship. Oh, one would think. But okay, so just going back to if they had taken her off the ship, mm-hmm. you have to, I mean, you have this card with you at all times that has picture and everything on it, and you have to pass it through this little. They do now. That's a post 9 11 world. You do now. Like you have to slide the card to get in and out of the ship. I remember that. But I don't know. And who's to say that she walked off the ship? Well, how else would they get her off? I don't know. If they're working there, maybe they're wheeling a cart off and she's like in there. Like the crew? They, they drugged her. The crew could get her off yeah. without a problem. I mean, who's to say? I mean, human trafficking is a real thing. They know what they're doing. They know how to do it. That's what's so terrifying. And again, this is 1998. We've come, I mean, baby steps human trafficking is still a huge no. huge issue but we're more aware of it now i think mm-hmm. oh definitely but then that's not a thought no oh my gosh so has she have there been any sightings of her like no amy bradley is described as five six 120 pounds she's green eyes she had short brown hair they also posted a picture of her with blonde hair she did dye it for a time She's Caucasian. She did have the distinguishing tattoos, a Tasmanian devil spinning a basketball on her shoulder, the sun on her lower back, a Chinese symbol on her right ankle, and a gecko lizard on her navel. And she also had a navel ring. But that was 24 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's probably still have the tattoos, but yeah. But how much has time changed her? But and then say you don't want to believe in the human trafficking story. Who then wow. where the hell did she go? Well, well, it's got to be that. I so, mean, I don't so it's believed that maybe she did leave her room to go take a quick smoke and she had told her brother she wasn't feeling well. Maybe mm-hmm. she was drugged, but she left the room to go maybe take a quick smoke. She didn't have her shoes on and then something happened. Mhm. Wow. There's a lot of other shady characters in the story that I didn't get into. You guys can definitely check out that website, amybradleyismissing.com. You guys can go there and there are tons, tons of detailed sightings and you can see all these resort owners and uh, links to those websites and images of those websites, those disgusting websites that were up. There's just tons of forums and stuff on that website. 
it's it's horrible it's absolutely horrible she's it from the witnesses if they were to believe to be believed ladies and gentlemen let me just put something in here this drink (laughs) (laughs) tastes like there's nothing in it but i am having trouble forming your words yeah (laughs) so if they're to be believed what there seems to always be two men with her Mm -hmm. well handlers yeah but when she came up to the taxi driver to ask for the phone if that were her she was alone if if that's if that was her that's the thing is like maybe that sighting wasn't her but it was her in the brothel and then what happened at fisherman's wharf wasn't her you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's ah no oh my gosh oh that poor family and that poor woman oh it just makes you sick because human trafficking is so unbelievable i mean i know kansas city is one of the hubs for it mm-hmm. <sighs> i don't think that it's yes it's discussed but i don't think it's discussed as much as it needs to i mean think about the epstein thing that's going on right now or was going on i mean just it was talked about at first and then it was not talked about and that's essentially the same thing these women were going to this private island they were human trafficked oh, and sure it's so terrifying that's yeah, just it's not only women it's children children it's horrendous and it's happening right under our our eyes and that's what makes me mad about the fisherman's wharf story is if i saw a woman and two men i'd be on my phone right away calling the police especially if they're dragging her someplace and and apparently these people did they they called the police right away because you don't want to necessarily get involved in that situation because that sounds like it could have been dangerous like i wouldn't throw myself at these men and like get away like i wouldn't do that but i would call the police and i think they did because obviously they gave a description and they did what they could do but if you see something you gotta say it like I think I mentioned it in a podcast before but at one of the salons I worked at we had an FBI agent Mm -hmm. come in and train us in how to see um, young girls and see if they were there with handlers and you know what to do in a how to handle it and all this kind of stuff and it was really fascinating because it happens a lot And you know, what's really scary is a lot of these handlers too are other kids. Right. Because they're working for somebody else and they're scared themselves. So they have to train or, and they're being groomed and then they groom them. And it's like, so we were even taught if there were two girls that came in, if, if one of them was like really possessive over the one that was in your chair and, or if the one was in your chair was really quiet and wouldn't really talk. Like there was just so many different things that I could not have taken away from the two hour session we had with her but it happens a lot and you know what's crazy about that is this is where you worked was a high-end salon yes a very high-end so it's not like we're talking about dumps that these people are coming to well they're grooming them they're making them feel special but they're also going to use them right you know what's really scary too is that a lot of these groomers and a lot of these handlers can also be the children's parents So they're not only coming in posing as this little girl's dad, but it could actually be this little girl's dad. And the FBI agent was telling us that that does happen. The parents need money. And but I mean, it's it's a real thing. No. (laughs) And again, I don't think in 1998 we were as aware. No, we didn't talk about it. I don't think we were aware. I I wasn't aware. I was only like nine, but I wasn't aware. I knew I always had to protect you sure. <laughs> and I didn't let you go anywhere by yourself, but that I was totally aware of that. No. 
I mean, I, I teach my kids, somebody grabs you. I mean, you see all those terrifying stories of men just like grabbing kids from their moms and just running. So many creepy things out there. But I've told both of my boys, somebody grabs you, you scream, you kick and you scream and you don't stop screaming. But I also don't do um, their names on their shirts anymore. No, 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 no. I will not have their names on their shirts anymore or their backpacks, backpacks. or anything nope. ever. Nope. You guys never had Because that names. is so easy for somebody like, hey, hey, Todd, come here, Todd. Right. Hey. And then they're like, oh, this guy knows my name. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't. I don't do any of that. You guys anymore. never had your names on anything you had. Nope. I had a girlfriend who they were in their family shirts in Disney World and it had their names on their backs. And then the year they were there, like kind of Jersey likes because they all went to a family trip in Disney World. And her son was taken. Like she and her husband physically, they literally saw their son. This man was calling his name because it was on a shirt, grabbed his hand and started walking with him. And the son screamed and did what he was supposed to do. He was probably like nine. Oh, my In gosh. Disney World. Well, what better place to go, right? Jeez Louise. It happens way too often. Uh, okay, I really haven't drank a lot because well, I wanted start- to get through this story and not slur like mom is. Just drink. It's really good. But now I am totally ready to drink and I'm really hoping that you can uh, talk us things. off the ledge because I'm yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sitting here just pissed right now. I know. I am so angry. I'm going to post a couple of links to some resources for human trafficking on our social media as well. Some sites to check out if you want to educate yourself more and what to look for, who to talk to, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to post all of those resources on our website as well as on our social media. The more you know, the better. And share with your kids. Educate yourselves. Share with your kids. You don't need to go into the graphic detail of what happens to these people that are taken, but just the fact that they can be taken Talk to your kids. And ladies and gentlemen, it is happening. It's real. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. We're back. We just had like a 45 minute banter session. Just the (laughs) two of us. (laughs) This episode will probably be a little long, but it's taking us like four hours to record it. (laughs) It's going to be really fun to edit. I think that drink went right to my head. I told you. I just started really drinking it too. It yeah so guys be careful be maybe careful. don't don't add, add more vodka, vodka. the whole beginning of the episode we're like yeah you need to, maybe we should add vodka yeah you need to add more vodka maybe not don't add the vodka holy guacamole are you gonna be okay are you gonna be <laughs> I able to don't do know. This? we'll see <laughs> uh here we go okay i really had a lot of fun with this because one thing i love is legends and folklore mm-hmm you know, from oh, different yes. countries. I just love them. I know. I gave her, we didn't do a state this time. I just told her, hey, my victim is from Virginia. So you can do Virginia, but okay. it takes place on a cruise ship. So you are free reign. And she got really excited. <laughs> she like, actually, she was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> I said, okay. Um, so I visited a lot of Caribbean islands before and I really got excited about being able to look into their folklore and legends and share them with you, as well, of course, as some haunted places, because there's, from what I read, there's many of those also. I'm going to go with the paranormal first. One place that continually popped up every time I looked, hauntings in the Caribbean, was Rose Hall in Montego Bay, Jamaica. Yep. Oh, see? 
Now, according to legend, Annie Palmer was born in Haiti and as a young girl was adopted by her nanny or, different stories, grandmother. So we're okay. going to refer to her nanny slash grandmother okay. who taught her how to do witchcraft and voodoo. Yes. At 17, Annie moved to Jamaica and married John Palmer, who was the owner of Rose Hall. I guess the original owner of Rose Hall, his last name was actually Rose, thus Rose Hall. Makes sense. Annie grew tired of her much older husband and strangled him to death. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) God. (laughs) She married two more times, killing her second husband by stabbing him to death and her third husband by poisoning him. She got bored a lot. Voila. According to this story, this whole time, she was also taking some of the slaves as lovers and killing them also. She's like the Black Widow. Isn't that what they do? Isn't that what spiders do? The Black Widow spider? Yes, they do. Yes. That's that's why we call okay, moving on. women Black Widows. <laughs> moving husbands on. Moving are on. Dying. Moving on. Her last slave lover, his name is Taco or Teco. T-A-K-O-O. Taku? But Moving on. Sorry. Yep. Again, move on. <laughs> was her last. One night in 1821, he crept into her bedchamber and strangled her to death. The Rose Hall Plantation slaves feared Annie because of her practice of black magic and that she tortured and killed several slaves on the plantation. So when they found her body the morning after she was murdered, they burned all of her clothes and her personal belongings and buried her body on the plantation. Then they ran to the house to destroy all of the portraits of Annie in the house, believing that the portraits held some of her being. But it didn't seem that they buried the body either deep enough or as she was a witch the right way to bury a witch because she started haunting the grounds as well as Rose Hall shortly after she died. I don't think it matters how she was buried. I think she sounds like somebody who's going to haunt you no matter what. Now, I'm going to pull Bettina. Sorry. But that was... There's no historical reference. There's (laughs) no real truth to the story. a really good story, but it's not all true. There was a Rosa Palmer who lived at Rose Hall, and she was married not three, but four times. Uh Uh-oh. And all four husbands died. Uh But that was probably more to do with them being pretty darn old when she got married to them. She has a type. She did not have any slave lovers, nor was she torturing and killing slaves. That we know of. She was not a witch. That we know of. And she was not murdered. Yes, she died in her bed, but of natural causes. That's what they want us to think. (laughs) Okay, so then what are the spears that reside at Rose Hall? Because there definitely are spears, I think. You know, that sucks to be her. If she really just led a normal life... And she died of natural causes. How many times does that happen, though? That happens a lot. And now all a of a lot. sudden, she's like this big bad witch that slept with everybody and <laughs> killed everybody. Like, that poor woman. It's not bad enough to be labeled a witch. You have to also be labeled a black a widow <laughs> slut. Floozy. <laughs> I mean, that's horrible. I, just awful. At least they named the... That's just wrong. <laughs> okay. But there are spirits at Rose Hall. I mean, Ghost Adventures was there. I could not get that episode. So that's why I recognize the I'm name of this. I'm really kind of upset I couldn't watch that. But 
ghost adventures because you know i'd like to add them oh yes a ghost you know hunt. maybe we should find it because i bet you i could find it we could watch that for our patreon that might be our next ghost <laughs> adventures that ghost adventures <laughs> ghost adventures like ghost inventors they do that too <laughs> they definitely do that you get my drift. Rants, raves, and reviews on Patreon. That might be our next one just because it can tie into this one. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, Moving on. <laughs> Ghost Hunters International went there. I mean, there's tons of places because they always get something here. So it is haunted. But then who are the spirits that reside there? Probably because the legend, so many people have come there and have just worked something up. There are tours given throughout the week where tourists can walk through the gorgeous uh, Georgian. Is that how you say it? Sounds good to me. Georgian? Style mansion that has been restored to its original splendor. From these tours come reports of tourists seeing apparitions of a woman dressed in blue, not white, walking around. Huh. Totally is that why abli- your drink is blue? It could be, but not. <laughs> you didn't think of that, did you? <laughs> No, you didn't think of that, did you? Uh-uh. That's really cool. Tying everything together. So this apparition is just walking around this room in a blue dress, totally oblivious of any of the guests in the room. And of course, some of the guests are totally oblivious of her, but she's just walking around. That's creepy. Wouldn't that be weird? That yes. would be weird. I wonder why a blue dress. You That's would be the one to see her, and everybody else is just like, mm-hmm. oh God. Alex, sorry. <laughs> this, an apparition of a woman is sometimes seen on the bed that Rosa died upon. The smell of tobacco has been witnessed in the library. And eerily, this one is the one kind of gives me creeps. Eerily, there's a mirror in the sewing room, which is very unusual and ornate. It's not square or rectangle or even a circle. It It's kind of shaped in a curve sort of and has this okay. ornate frame on it it's it's so unusual anyway supposedly that was rosa's favorite mirror so so <laughs> <laughs> there are several reports of people taking pictures of the mirror not seeing anything but then going back and seeing a face peering over the person's shoulder Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. down in the basement or slash dungeon which is now a pub and gift store i don't know what story you're gonna go with but it is now though a pub and gift store there have been seen shadow figures and the bottles lining the wall behind the bar have been heard clinking of course there's no one there to clink them I did read that along with the tours, there are seances held in the house. Oh, well, that's that why one the things can join are there. With an appointment. Mm-hmm. And there have been several paranormal investigation teams that have visited the mansion, all recording activities. So little old me thinks that Rosa slash Annie or not, there have definitely been spirits invited into Rose Hall. If they're doing seances there. Multiple, they're opening it, it up like yeah then it's not just rosa or annie or slaves or anything like that you got jim bob's uncle from who, kentucky who there too like it's, they're yeah. all there one medium said that she sensed that there was a portal in the well, now i'm sure there basement is. dungeon that <sighs> spirits could just come and go they were just coming I'm and sure going out now. of this yeah they've just opened opened this 
They erpened it. <laughs> Shoot. You've got so much editing to do. Next on our list is Klein Corsal. So Klein is Dutch, German. It means little. So this is little Corsal. Is this a man? <laughs> or a place? That's personal. <laughs> Mother. It's a little island. <laughs> 15 miles southeast of Curacao. It's only about 0.66 square miles. Mm. It's six, six. I get it. I I <laughs> see where you're heading with this one. I said 0.66. The <laughs> island was discovered by Danish sailors in the 17th and 18th century. And during the time of traffic, king slaves. Oh, my gosh. What the We're heck is going on in this episode? Back to trafficking. Oh, no. I don't want... We're back to trafficking people. Gosh, Good darn grief. it. What the heck? Okay. It was during the time of trafficking slaves in large scale. From 1640 to 1740, there were more than 300 ships in service, each with up to 600 slaves on board. Now, there were bound to be illnesses and diseases with that many people on a ship, and that's where Klein Curacao comes in. It served as a quarantine station for the sick slaves, as well as burial grounds for those that didn't make it. Oh, it just breaks my heart. These graves this. are still on the south side of the island. Hurricanes and storms have caused many shipwrecks on the eastern side of the island, and evidence is still there. Okay. I will post a picture because this is the spookiest dang thing. In 1988, the tanker, the Maria Bianca Guidesman wrecked and it still sits there. Oh, no, no. And it's so eerie because oh, it's no. like anything underwater. No, no, it's not underwater. It's on the shore, but it's slowly it's rusted and it's just decaying because of the sea and the weather and everything else. So there's this rusted big ship that's just sitting on on the shore. It, it's so eerie. It's so eerie. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Not much else is on the island except for a lighthouse, which sits right in the middle of the island. That doesn't make any sense. It's actually the third one, having had to be rebuilt after twice being demolished by hurricanes. Why is it in the middle? Why isn't it on the coast? <laughs> Maybe they would have had to rebuild it make ten any times. Sense. I don't know. <laughs> now, there may be spirits on the island, but the living aren't really around at night to tell you about it. Because all of the shipwrecks and coral, the island is a destination for scuba divers and snorkelers who come in the morning and leave well before nightfall. But this island is creepy. There is no vegetation. Mm. It's, I guess it used to have vegetation on it. And then the sea gulls and birds really like this island. And so they would poop on it. Oh, boy. And the poop. This is not where I thought this was going. <laughs> and the poop along with the minerals. Well, this Never mind. So I'm not scientific. Even, uh, it, it is very, and I'm not even going to think about it right now. So, anyway, <laughs> it has <laughs> totally cleaned the island. Has no vegetation on it. it has a cool. lighthouse in the middle of it. <laughs> it it's no got shipwrecks ship on one wreck. side of it, and then it's got and then bodies on the other side. Burial ground. Burial ground. 
and then they actually have a few like shacks. I really want to go scuba diving there. Well, the coral, among the coral and the shipwrecks, there's a lot of... I am not scuba diving with <laughs> shipwrecks. We've already talked about this. You crazy. Okay. So, those are paranormal. <laughs> now, That's what you have for us. <laughs> now for my favorite legends. Okay. Well, there's also, you know, story of... But like, why did you share the story of the island? What was paranormal about that? You just literally... It's just... creepy because of the boat. she looked at me like you don't get it (laughs) no mom i still don't that's creepy yeah (laughs) go with it you were like giving all this history i'm like yeah yeah she's gonna have a good story okay i'm gonna tell you right moving on there's a lot of birds pooped and killed the grass (laughs) the end moving on now, there are, of course, in the Bahamas, you've got the ghost ships, you know, because the pirates. Duh, yeah. So, I think Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> like, you didn't cover any of this stuff. <laughs> Let's just talk about this island where the birds killed the grass. I'm not into pirates. I'm sorry. Well, unless they're, what's this, Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, I mean. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on to legends. Oh, I can't wait to hear these. <laughs> I can't wait to share them with you because I was laughing just thinking of sharing these. (laughs) Because many of the country's inhabitants are of African descent, many of the legends have been passed down through the generations and can be traced to specific African tribes, which to me is fascinating. We'll start with the Duppy. That's D as in dog, U-P-P-Y. This ghost story comes from Jamaica. Likes to come out at night and find a person that is walking alone. The tale of the duppy is found in Jamaica and Barbados, as well as other Caribbean islands that refer to duppies as jumbies. The duppies are jumbies. These are mean spirits that hunt victims. But don't worry, I have something that will protect you. Always carry with you a small bag of salt. If you feel the duppy behind you, simply toss the salt over your shoulder. And this is sure to protect you as the duppy will feel it necessary to stop and count all the grains of salt, giving you time to get away. That reminds me, you told a story like this before. I did. I did. In, oh, that was a Patreon episode for Hawaii. Yeah. So it's the same kind of story. That's Uh really fascinating. Yep. And I believe that one was with rice. Yes. Yep. So always carry rice and salt with you. I have another one coming up. Do you have to get naked and take off your clothes and lay on the ground? I have another one coming up. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Those who aren't patrons, you guys are missing out. (laughs) These stories we share. Uh, The Baku are Guyanese creatures that like to torment and wreak havoc in one's home. Unless you always have milk and bananas on hand to feed them. I have toddlers, so I always have milk and bananas. If so, they will reward the owner of the home with wealth and happiness. Perfect. There is also a description as to how to trap a baco and keep him as a pet. Why would I you want to do that? Know why? That's what I have in parentheses. I don't know why. I have two but dogs and three saying. kids. I have enough pets. You are to place something shiny in a bottle. Once the baku enters the bottle, shove a cork in the opening and voila, you have your own baku. But thinking on that same line, be aware of if you're walking down the shore 
and all of a sudden a bottle washes up that is corked. <gasps> Do it not could be a baco in uncork it. it because you will uncork havoc. Well, but if you have bananas and milk, you will be just fine. Yeah, but this baco has been corked inside a bottle for how knows how long and I feel like I'm making a grocery list. I he need is to gonna have be rice, salt, bananas, milk. And don't open a corked bottle. Got it. Unless it has wine in it. <laughs> okay. In the Dominican Republic, there is the La Ciguapa, a seductive female demon. It takes the shape of a beautiful woman with long black hair. She lures men into the forest and to her lair where she kills and eats them. Mm. The La Chihuahua is very hard to catch because her feet are turned backwards. Oh, God, that is a horrible <laughs> image. The heel, the heel of no, the foot no. faces forward. No. So when you track her, Ew. any footprint she leaves looks like she went in the opposite direction. Okay, that is terrifying. <laughs> the image of her, the image of, no. Trinidad has the La Diablis, who is also irresistible to men. This demon covers her rotting face. How is she irresistible? <laughs> with a wide-brimmed hat. Why? And hides her hoofed feet with long skirts. She also... She is fine, <laughs> She also lures men into the forest, where she How? kills them How? by drowning How? them in rivers. How? Oh, to add to that... The sound of rattling chains tells you of her presence. I mean, if I see a woman, I mean, but Alex, an- are you listening? <laughs> you see a woman with a big brimmed hat, hooves, and you hear rattling chains. I know you want her, baby, but... <laughs> Don't follow her into the forest. Don't follow her into the forest. But Shoot. Alex, listen to this. <laughs> to protect herself... From falling under her spell, you simply. Oh no! Oh no! What? <laughs> oh no! You simply have to. <laughs> oh my gosh! This simply, better be good because I'm. You simply dying. have to take your clothes off. <laughs> okay, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you see this rotting woman with the <laughs> white brim hat. I forgot she okay. was rotting. That's right. Okay. Shoot. I've got some protection for you. All you have to do is take off all your clothes. <laughs> That's all. Turn them inside out. Got it. And put them back on that way in order to snap out of the spell. But if you're in a spell, how do you remember <laughs> to get yourself out of the spell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't think of everything. I'm just telling you. Oh my gosh. Men, are you prepared? <laughs> it sounds like you should have Velcro clothes on <laughs> at all times. So it would be easier. Adding Velcro to that shopping list. <laughs> okay. Jamaican folklore also has shapeshifters named. Rolling calves. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a man at the gym. In the Cayman Islands, these are called May calves. So calves as in little cows. 
Okay, I'm thinking of cows. legs. <laughs> they can take the shape of a dog, cat, goat, pig, or a horse. But they're calves. But most commonly appear as a black bull-like creature with blazing red eyes. They may have one human leg, one horse leg, and two hind legs of a goat. That does not sound terrifying at all. That sounds like a very sick, ailed animal. They drag heavy chains. Oh, of course. The perhaps chains. symbolizing sins because the rolling calves are said to be reincarnated, reincarnated souls of wicked people. But don't worry. I got you covered on this one, too. Okay, good. When facing a rolling calf, you can drop tiny items such as rice or salt. I thought you were going to say drop your pants. Nope. <laughs> no more unclothing in okay, this one. thank God. And it will be forced to count every single one of the grains, which will be sure to give you enough time to run away. You can also ward it off by wielding a whip in your left hand, drawing a circle on the ground, oh. and sticking a double-edged knife in the middle, or reflecting moonlight as in a mirror. <laughs> I will stick to the salt and the rice. Remember, put the whip in your left hand, not your right hand. <laughs> I got to write this down. Why did you tell me I needed a pen and paper? <laughs> okay. Wait, I have to ask. Why do these creatures all over the world need to count salt and rice, the grains of these items, are they just like super OCD? Have to be. Have to be so super, super OCD. <laughs> then they're counting I just, fiends. I just, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> Dang, I lost why? count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Like, why though? Like, who came up with that? Why did they have to count? I mean, think about that. Like, who came up with that and why? I don't know, but they're pretty dang clever. But it's been replicated all over it has been okay we have the vampire of the caribbean uh-oh the soy cuant. during but a day i have a story i have to share this aiden bit his lip the other day uh -huh. and i i didn't know this we're sitting at dinner and aiden goes mom i have to tell you something i said why and he goes i think i might be a vampire <laughs> and i said why are you a vampire he goes well I bit my lip the other day and it was bleeding and I sucked on it. I I, I accidentally sucked on it. <laughs> this kid was so worried He's a vampire. that he was becoming a vampire that all dinner I had to remind him. <laughs> I said, well, do you, we were eating pasta. I said, do you like the garlic pasta? And he's like, yeah. And I go, okay, well, vampires can't have garlic. Like I had to keep reminding him of these things. Because he was actually really worried. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo comes in. Oh, my gosh. And then Nolan goes, yeah, mom, he told me. He told me he's a vampire now. <laughs> so I can just imagine these two. They're four and six. <laughs> up in the room like Aiden freaking out. I sucked my blood on my lip. <laughs> I'm a vampire now. Like, and Nolan goes, oh, cool. Oh, you're a vampire. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Back right, to the sorry. vampire of the Caribbean. During the day, they look like an innocent older woman. Like me. 
<laughs> but at night, they become a ball of fire that can fit through any crack or crevice in order to get to their victim. Like you. I mean, you have heat flashes, right? <laughs> Not a ball of fire. They suck the blood from the arms and legs of sleeping people. leaving the, the arms and the legs. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving bruises behind. Well, hell. Oh, I got bruises all over me. Now, to keep safe from the soaky aunt, one has to drop rice or salt to divert their attention. Wow. And while they're counting, you have to look for their skin. Ew. Because they shed their skin at night to become the so, small like, of fire. you just have to like go on a search for their skin? So you have skin? to look for their skin. So what do you and do when, when you, you find, find skin? the skin, you pour salt all over it because that will disable the succulent from putting the skin back on. If they put it back on? And they will die. Well, they have to. They have to assume the image of the old woman. Oh, yeah. It was you. In the That's daytime. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. So do we really have to put a lot of salt on this grocery list? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we need this for a lot of things. <laughs> okay, I saved the creepiest one for last. Great. The Doen, D-O-U-E-N. So creepy, we can't pronounce it. I'm just going to look it up, sorry. These are spirits of children that died before being baptized. Mm. They live in the Trinidad and Tobago forests. Their appearance is that of small children. Not wearing any clothes, but wearing large straw hats, which cover their faces, which happen to have nothing but mouths. Oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Their feet. Mom, I also, like this one. Their feet are also turned backwards. No, I knew you were going to say that. So they are very hard to track. Oh my gosh. The parents are warned not to call their children's names out loud in public. It is very... My God, we were talking about that too. <laughs> no, I was, when I was reading this, I was going, oh crap. It could be that Dorans are around learning your child's name. Oh my they, God. <laughs> they could imitate your voice and lure your children into the forest. Do you need salt for them too? No. There's no cure for them. You just don't mention your kids' names. Don't yell at your kids, I guess. I don't know. Don't call your kids by name. Oh, that one's actually really creepy. And where was that? That was in Trinidad and Tobago. Well, I don't think I'll be going there anytime soon. Of course, I have the lighthouses and the pirates and the shipwrecks and the Bahamas and Jamaica. You know, if you want to hear about those, I got them too. But those were the, those are the ones I liked. Oh, feet backwards. I love folklore. I just love... You love what? Folklore. 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 I love folklore. <laughs> I just love folklore. <laughs> I just love it. And with that... <laughs> I don't even know if we can cheers because we have empty glasses. Isn't that bad luck? Do we need to go get some salt? <laughs> All that, what I know is we... Do not need to fill these glasses up again. <laughs> I wasn't going to suggest that. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, thank you guys for putting up with us and listening to us and hopefully enjoying us. You can find <laughs> everything, resources for my horrible story and mom's horrible stories. 
on our website at killerhangoverpodcast.com. We're also on social media, Instagram. I need to be posting more TikToks, man. I'm getting old. I need to get better with this stuff. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Find us, follow us, subscribe to us. We appreciate that. Like we mentioned, we do have a Patreon. We have a lot of stuff we do on there. It's really fun. We appreciate you guys there. It's $5 a month that goes to the cocktails and our resources and everything. And mom driving up here because, you know, gas is so... (laughs) Something else. Affordable. But we understand if you can't do the $5 a month, you can leave us a review. That's free. And that helps us on any of our social media sites or on wherever you listen to your podcasts. This was really fun doing this in person. It was, finally. We need to do this more. Yes. This was a good one, Mom. It was. Cheers, Mama. Cheers. Love you, kid.